0: Well, Michael Murphy, it is a joy to have you on Talking Church today. I was joking with Alex Sealy a few weeks ago that it took almost 70 episodes to get an Aussie here, and here we are a few weeks later, and we have another one back.
1: You prophesied it. Yeah. It's so good to be with you. Welcome.
0: For those who maybe don't know who you are, you have been a friend for many years. and Yeah. Uh, actually, my, my parents were out speaking at your church that you were running in Australia at the time, yeah. and I was probably... Tw- 13 years old you
1: were a lot younger than yeah. you are right now yeah yeah and so
0: uh, we have known each other many years you've yeah. stayed connected now you help coach and train churches and pastors all over the world and you've been working with us at River Valley so we call you Uncle Michael around here uh, but your family and just so glad to have a conversation today
1: yeah it's uh one of the joys of my life has been uh, the relationship with uh with your dad and mom and uh, and all the team I, I really really do count them all as friends and uh, kind of family. So it's been the last decade when we've been doing uh, this leaderscape kind of deal. Um, yeah, it's been one of the real highlights for us.
0: Yeah, well, we are always excited when you're in town. And um, I, I remember when we were there, something that I'll remember for the rest of my life is Pardon we were me. there during uh, American Independence Day, 4th of July. That's right. And me and my brother were just there visiting. We thought it was cool that we were in Australia. Yeah. And during the service, you yeah. called us up on stage, and they they put an American flag on the screen. Yeah. They played the um like the national anthem, yeah. and you said, "Hey, would you guys sing it? Sing it for yeah, us?" Yeah.
1: PKs love that. Yeah. Stuff. It was. I was. Yeah. yeah. We were you're, mortified. You're never. Tikets are never used to being awkward, right?
0: Yeah, you started us be- for life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was yeah. running from ministry for years for that because of the that counseling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the counseling has really helped a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's been other moments that I've, I maybe will share, but uh, yeah. th- that you've done here. But but in a lot of ways, you've helped shape our team, and truly, just want to say here on the podcast in front of everyone, thank you for your investment into my life, into our family's life, into our church. It's done more than you know, and we we love that. Not just for all the other churches, but there's a special connection here, and uh, we've just enjoyed that.
1: Thank you, but honestly, I pinch myself that I get to do it, truly.
0: Yeah, well, you do so much. And I want to talk about that and help pastors and churches who are listening mm-hmm. who m- maybe they've heard about you or, or maybe they, they've they never before. Probably but they don't. <laughs> well, they can get some insight <clears throat> in circles with, within the Ark, within Australia. There's a lot of people who you're working with, yep. different churches. Uh, but today I want to talk about how to strategize and build momentum because I think sometimes pastors feel that they need to manufacture it and they need to beat their chest and they need to be rah-rah, but not every pastor is that way. And even some of our campus pastors, they have different personalities. Some of them are much more extroverted Mm -hmm. and, and outgoing and joyful. We were even joking before we started recording that that's not always me. Sometimes for the camera, I can put it on, but I'm a lot more mellow and sometimes even to a fault the
1: smiles coming through really right, well right yeah. good i'm
0: glad um, <laughs> but can you t- can you talk about and even throughout this conversation can we talk about how you can strategize building momentum in mm-hmm. a church because you know the COVID excuse isn't really there anymore but maybe there's people that have been pastors for 5 10 15 years that are really feeling i want to get momentum i want to grow my church mm. and i want to see new people coming in again but i don't want to change who i am and just manufacture
1: something no that's great um let me let me maybe address one of the first things you said. Uh there's actually a lot of empirical research has been done on leadership leadership style versus fruitfulness and there is actually no great correlation. Hmm. Um you can get someone that's quite reserved that's actually more analytical. Uh in fact, you know, the the saying goes that, that that nerds rule the rule the world, right. um, and uh, and guys like me often work for them. Uh, I am a, an extrovert, as you know, and uh, uh, but it, so so I think whether no matter who's listening today, whether they are you know someone that's good you know in detail and numbers and strategy and systems, or someone that's you know outlandishly um, extroverted, um, everyone can if they answer the call of God. Um, really grow a a healthy kingdom focused church full of momentum. Right. Um, I think that uh, you know, there's. If I can address a couple of different types of of, of situations, I think coming out of COVID, uh, many of us um, really it hit us hard. Uh, the the only thing we've known, and that is people in the pews uh, listening to messages, coming to church, I'm right. exaggerating a little bit, um, were now blown away. Uh, but not just not able to come to church, but even when we did, able, we were able to get back into the building, they didn't come back. Right. And so I couldn't tell you how many conversations I had with pastors to say, gosh, I, I once this COVID thing goes, I am going to get very much more intentional about building Christ-likeness, getting intentional about discipleship and disciple-making, uh, and um, and and some of them have followed through. It's on the tip of everyone's tongue, uh, but but there's a lot less um, know-how, I think, about how to go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we think about uh, church growth, momentum, uh, even in churches that are growing, uh, you know, you might have heard this said, you know, you said, well, you know, God's doing great stuff. Well, so what's going on? Why? I haven't got the faintest idea. Mm -hmm. Almost like in the mystery, there's a spirituality. It's like it's all God. And I just don't buy that. If we look at the New Testament church, Jesus went back, sorry, before that, Jesus went back to be with the Father. He said, hey, it's to your advantage. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you in order to partner. Jesus said, it's right, I will build my church. And the gates of hell We're not pro-against. But he didn't promise to make one disciple. That's our job. Mm. And for us to, even in some of the, uh, you know, there's no doubt in my mind, our world, your nation, our nation needs an awakening of God. Um, But I get a bit concerned when there's a cry for revival that seems like it's going to be all God. God, like you haven't done enough right now. If you can just dump yourself on the earth right now, uh, and I fear sometimes it might be a super spiritualized excuse for abdicating our responsibility to actually win people and make disciples.
0: Mm. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it makes tons of sense. And, and I think the sometime the, the revival conversation, I, I think we all mean it and we, we want it to happen. Totally. But I also think that if, if we replaced all of our efforts, all of our efforts with on our knees, praying and everything, Mm -hmm. and you were comparing 24 hours of prayer Mm -hmm. versus work, I could say, maybe we could have an argument, right? But it's not that. It's not like we're saying, Michael, you're interrupting me from my deep intercession, praying for my nation. That's not what people are saying. It's you're interrupting me from being on social media. You're interrupting me from trying to polish the sermon or going on my vacation. And again, those are some of those things or interrupting me from doing wrong strategies or, or doing something at church, the class that hasn't really brought momentum yeah. hasn't really done anything new but you're keep on doing it and again I'm being critical here for the sake of this conversation I yeah. know there's so many people that are doing amazing things but it's not that we're we're trying to push God out and say no more prayer do strategy it's we're doing both of those things but you can't expect something to grow when you're doing neither of those absolutely, things Absolutely absolutely uh, let me let me say right up front um, and I do challenge. I mean,
1: I, I'm Australian and that's my excuse. And so I have lots of eyeball-to-eyeball conversations with pastors out of love. They're our heroes, honestly. Yeah. I, I did, I've did. i been in ministry 40 years nearly, uh, and most of that was in the context of either senior pastor or executive pastoring in the local church. Um, uh, and the dichotomy that we often hear about, and you touched on it um, so so well, is the dichotomy between spirituality and strategy, or um, presence and power and or plans and process. And again, if I can just say, I just don't buy that. I don't I don't see it's all spiritual or it's all strategy. In fact, when God wanted to get close to, to us as human beings, he pined. As a father in heaven, he pined for his kids in, in the in the, the, the years of the patriarchs. You know, every now and then some guy got to speak on behalf of God, but there was nothing coming back. And then finally God says, enough, Moses, can you build me a tabernacle? And so Moses went up on the hill, lightning, thunder, Mm. (gasps) it's all going on, clearly the presence of God. And it was on that mountain, in the presence of God, that God gave Moses exquisite, intricate plans to build the tabernacle. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, presence is all good. And then he says, Moses, I'm a God of order. Make sure you do it according to the pattern. Well, that wasn't an accident. Next time round, when David thought he was going to build God a temple and the, the soft sided house got a got, got, got a got a brick veneer. Um, and and David, it says, of all, and of course Solomon built the, the, the temple, but when David it said all the plans that David had were by the Spirit. So again, I'm a great fan of bringing those two things together. Yes, we we should be on our face. God is – there's a wave of humility that's happening in the church right now, a fresh hunger for the presence of God. And I just want to, I want to stand on this table and cheer and say, come on. But I also don't want to stop there. While we're in the presence, while we're in the spirit, while we're in, in – in experiencing the power of God – let's be listening for plans and strategies and processes and symptom, uh, sorry, and systems in order to activate the commission to go make disciples. It was the last thing Jesus said. And for me, I reckon it should be our first priority.
0: Yeah, right. That, that, that's so good and such a good reminder for us. The if you could take us back behind the curtain a little bit and i know you do a lot of this with with churches that you coach and helping yeah. them out but almost you know in the short time helping some churches with the little mini coaching session right for yeah. If, if a pastor said, all right, I'm, I'm sold, I'm gonna do it, the combination of spirit and process, yep. what would you say are the things that they, they need to do organizing within their team or within, the, within their own life and their church? Say, here are the steps that you need to consider. Here are the things that you need to think about yep. as you start to create a plan to build momentum in your church.
1: Yeah, I mean, thank you. I, I, I'd love to be able to sit down with each one personally, right, and, right. But, but in a generalized sense. Um, you know, right now we're sitting at about 9,000 hours with lead pastors in their teams that we've accumulated talking about this very stuff. Sure. And so because it's all I do uh, and all our team does, we've actually become very focused on what, what I would call, and I even hate to say it because it sounds so flippant arrogant, uh, best practice. So right. what, what is going to be the best things that are going to actually take the desire of most of these hero pastors to see their church move forward? And, and many, they've got I've just thrown everything at it and, and it's not shifting. Right? Is it me? Am I just a bad leader? Maybe not. I, I can talk to you about many leaders that have been stuck at 200, 300, and they, and they engage in some things outside of what their current knowledge base is. Right. And it, it makes sense. Oh, that's how to do that. So we want to put some handles on that. In a very simple sense, we look at three things. Um, we look at encouraging and helping pastors to fix their nets, fishing analogy, and then to, and then to fill the funnel and then to flex their capacity. And, and the bullseye of that is actually stewarding the guests that God is giving them. Um, I have a conviction that every person that comes within the, the sphere of influence of one of the people at River Valley or at one of the life churches or Highlands or whatever is actually sent by God. Now that might sound like an audacious uh, thing to say but think about how much activity happens when you talk to someone about, tell me about your God story. And they say, wow, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, I talk, and there's, there's a guy, Reg, who, who, you know, if they do pump gas these days, and he's talking about Jesus. And then I was at the in the school playground with, dropping my kid off. And that's about. Oh, I got, I got, I got, you know, everywhere it was happening. Yeah. This is not accidental. We call it God incidents, but right. heaven is active. And so I am, I, I feel a, a, a holy reverence. For the responsibility to look after God's guests right. that are either come across the threshold of the church or actually get near someone. Imagine if, 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 if in crosstown campus, Jesus rocked up, and he had Marge and Tom <laughs> with him, and he said to the girl on the door, "Hey, hey, Jesus here. Hi, good. Day. I'm going to be in a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm in all your services. Um, I'd like Marge and Tom. Could you look after them for me?" Beryl would go, "Oh my gosh, oh, what 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 could I not do for this couple?" Well, I believe that's what it's like every time. Right, and so we have we have pulled no punches in getting down to the finesse of the detail. Attention to detail is an expression of love, and so and so in fixing your nets. We, we, have, we help pastors to roll the red carpet out, to build trust very quickly with new people. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people's like folks, hey, fill out the card, fill out the card. Put the card in your back pocket. If you can build trust, right. the details, sharing information, which is actually an expression of trust, is going to be no problem at all.
0: Right. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the cards because the cards are good for us to get people's information, but if we're not helping them know why it's good for them, then it's it's essentially very transactional, right It's hey we want your information so that yeah. we can fill in the blank And for them if they're new, maybe yeah. they think so that you can ask for money or so that you can ask me to, to serve in an area that I don't even want to serve in yes. and there's a lot of questions there you know the example you had of Jesus bringing in some friends it, what made me think of is when you walk into a restaurant right there's a process. But we've become so accustomed to the process that it's normal to us. You walk in, you check in at the host stand, and you mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm here. Maybe you have a reservation. Or if you don't, how long is the wait? And you sit down. But if you go into a restaurant and there's no host, how many of you know that you're, everyone's looking around? And if you're a type A person, you're trying to find someone who works there. Their server is walking by, and it's confusing. Well, maybe a sign that says, you seat yourself. Oh, that could have solved so much problem. Absolutely. But without the sign, oh, someone forgot to put the sign out. It's the same thing in church, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, imagine if you went to that restaurant, and and if it's a decent restaurant, they don't sort of say, "Oh, your table's over there somewhere." See that one there? They will take you to your table. Right. One of the things we really help pastors to do is to build a a, like a VIP or a concierge team, Mm. and and they take them to the table. Right. If they've got children, they walk them to the kids ministry. And, and they say, help. Let me introduce you to some of the best kids' workers around. They'll they'll love your kids. Right. Amazing. Uh, what sort of coffee do you drink? You know, come, come and, hey, you, have you got friends? No, not today. Sit with my wife and I. And by the way, do you want to have brunch afterwards? Right. So, so really rolling the red. And, and I know sometimes pastors are going to think, oh, gosh, that's a whole other team. Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: And it's as important as your worship team. Right. And so then from there, we 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 ha- or most churches these days, and Chris Hodges has been a big influence here. Have a growth track or of some sort, right. or, where where it'll be a landing place for people to find a bit about the church, find out how they might be able to fit, and then move them on into teams or groups. Right, that's also a really important. Again, like you said, it's very clear, and it's full of love and full of connectivity, and then of course, allowing people to find their place. Hand placing them into a really life-giving group, mm-hmm. um, and and really that whole process, the assimilation process. The, if I could, if I could somehow tweak every church, it would be it would be really nailing that, right.
0: You, using even some of the examples from us, because obviously there's all different churches, but I'm not as privy to what you've talked to with them, but even some of the examples you've worked with some of our campus pastors, some of our new campus launches, are the things that stick out to you of maybe little tweaks or little changes that you've seen that go, hey, that made a big big difference, or yeah. or that's something that we're working on right now?
1: Because we this really matters to us, and I think it matters to Jesus, we've benchmarked everything. Right. Um, so, so rather than, you know, I don't know whether pastors watching uh, or listening would ever have thought, gosh, I wonder if I'm doing a good job. Like we're having a go and there's, you know, the seats seem really full. How? And so what we've done is we've benchmarked and you might say, oh, that's so corporate or so. No, 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 remember, out of the spirit comes the plan. And so we have benchmarked, for example, the number of guests that you should be getting a record of compared to your Sunday attendance. And for us that that number's four percent. I can see people going Yeah, going, yeah. And, yeah. They're and in then, their car. And yeah. then of that number, we want 40% of those through growth track. And then we want 80% into groups. And so and so having and I know you guys have really gone after this where where the campus passes now know where the where the benchmark is. Right. So so it's good for pastors right now to get a baseline and go, well, how are we going? Sally, how many guest cards have we got? Um and and then and then and then if you build that VIP team, I promise you, and do it well, who are caring, give them the understanding of the why and the God's guest thing and that Jesus is sending you people, your percentage of guest cards in other words, people that have trusted enough to give you some details, not about a, a phone number scratched, it's it's, it's expression of trust, will go from 1% to 3 and 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 the number that you are stewarding well um, is it goes through the roof.
0: Right. Well, and it also helps to highlight what area maybe you're deficient in, because I think at times, like you mentioned earlier, pastors say, I just can't put my finger on what it is. And yeah. I know you and Connor have worked on this, worked on the, this discipleship pathway and all these different exciting yeah. things. But what's also interesting is, you know, we have this dashboard in our system to where if you click you on our, our back end, all the pastors can see it too. Yes, And so it's not just... You know your metrics. It's everyone does. So literally, if I open my phone, the very first thing I see is what attendance was this weekend, how many first-time guests there were, how many people are in growth track, how many people are in small yeah, groups, yeah. you know, and and talk talk about the importance of accountability among others. And I know not everyone has a team that's as large as our staff with all the different campuses, yeah, yeah. but even if it's a, a team of three and keeping our numbers to ourselves, talk about why accountability is so important in this. I
1: love kind, and I hate nice. <laughs> Let me give you the distinction. In my mind, it might be a it might be a pedantic distinction. I love I, I kindness doesn't cost. I love being kind with everyone. Uh, sometimes I'm firm, but I always want to be dignifying and kind. I think in the church we're way too nice. the The highest goal is don't rock the boat. The highest goal is oh, don't make anyone feel comfortable, uncomfortable. And I think where we're talking about the mission of the kingdom of God. Uh, it's actually worth, if, if we've agreed that, yes, we're going to go for this, to actually talk specifically about how well we're doing compared to what we said we were going to do. And, in fact, it's a disservice to someone where we're talking about the kingdom mission not to bring that to account. I think, I think team accountability is amazing. And here's what it does. It takes the pressure off just the senior pastor having to be the bad guy or the bad girl because the team says come on you can do this in fact in fact i encourage when we when we look at helping churches to build a little strategic plan which is a fancy word for saying that's where we want to go we are reverse engineering how you're going to get there um, we we identify some some critical objectives and 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 i encourage them to meet once a month and to share how they're all going toward that and, and either from a self-correction point of view, because if I've got to report to a team, my peers, man, I'm going to be giving it my best shot. Or I can say, hey, my hand's up right now. I've kind of got a bit stuck. Any other thoughts? Can Any, any of you other campus pastors? So it's not all always about, about or oh, you're not hitting the mark. The, the, the guys are still working towards, there's a number of them over the next six to 12 months are going to be smashing through those benchmarks we want to celebrate with them right we want to we want to catch them doing a brilliant job so i think accountability and again i think lead pastors and and i am i am definitely um a recovering people pleaser i'm michael murphy and i have been a bad people pleaser so i had to unlearn that and when you're a people pleaser and i'm probably there's no senior pastors out there listening here that are people-pleasers, but just in case there's one or two, um, you're going to be reluctant to bring a challenge to people because what if they misinterpret it and don't like you? Honestly, that was me for probably the first seven or eight years of being a senior pastor And, and I just got over it and I thought, I am doing a disservice to the beautiful people that God has called me to steward. Right. Um, because they're all got gold in them and they want to know how to achieve the things for the kingdom that we've laid out to achieve.
0: A couple months ago, did an episode with uh, Pat and Lindsay talking about the difference between business and ministry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who come from the business world, you share something like this funnel and they say, perfect, this is awesome. I love how we can make this happen. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people in ministry that maybe haven't come from that background. They've never done it. They've worked in ministry their whole life. Yeah. Talk about what you can do to help people that maybe need more significance and meaning and struggle with feeling like, well, these are just numbers and I care about individuals.
1: Yeah, so good, so good. Let me let me take a huge risk here. Okay? Aussie boy here.
0: I, should, I normally bring my interpreter with me, but hopefully the The, the views of Michael Murphy that are expressed the, are his own <laughs> and are not of the River Valley Church. <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna
1: give an NFL illustration all right so 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 code, code of, of of covering here all right give give me a, a code of Grace many pastors pastor like a Hail Mary pass it's like we're getting in, we're, we're praying out like hoik, and we hope that um the receiver uh actually catches it in the end zone like that oh yeah and and touchdown <laughs> all right right at the end and we're a touchdown behind and we're square or whatever and, and I just think that God is way more masterful than that. Mm. Why would God leave us guessing? But like he, he, he's given us the He's given us the keys to, to build his church. Surely if he can give clear directions to build a, a tabernacle and then says, make sure you do it the way and plans for a temple, how much more when we've got Christ in us mm-hmm. can God give us the plans? So I would say to the pastor that says I'm just in it for one this is about the one so what we're doing is we're actually we're actually exercising our brain and and our wisdom and we're saying what we ne- what do we need to do to actually reach those individuals it might be five individuals 10 individuals 100 individuals the game of NFL they tell me is a game of strategy it's not meant just to be a game of hooking the you know for the quarterback right, to hook right that's rugby
0: right <laughs> down the, down the
1: field right this is a, it's 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 a game right. of 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 intense and i've really yeah. come to appreciate this intense strategy where you're putting things in place let's bring it into the kingdom so so if there's if god's sending us people there's a way to look after them right if god's sending them, us people there's a way to really build trust and an understanding as to whether my church is the church that they feel God has called them to be in. Right. And if if God's sending them and we we really engage them, then there's a way of placing them where they're going to be really discipled. And for me, that's in the context of a small or a connect or a life group. Right.
0: Yeah, some of the analogies my my brain is just spinning that we were talking about before. It's you know, Jesus bringing some friends to church. But even if ever you've been to a restaurant or a hotel or even a tourist attraction or something, and you're bringing friends with, and you've been before, right? You've shared this expectation. Oh, this restaurant's amazing. They're so good. Their service is phenomenal. It's fantastic. You know, you pull up and- well, normally there's valet. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they don't have valet today, and and then you go in and the door's locked. Well, they must be open. Oh, well, maybe there's a side door and you go in, and then there's, the hostess isn't there. And you know, so it's you'd be so oh my goodness, I, yep. I'm embarrassed totally. because I gave you this this uh, resounding recommendation mm-hmm. to come to this place. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times we have that with church. It was funny. We we had a very early on. This was uh, twenty. 25 years ago, probably. Um, Josh, who's on our team, his parents uh, a- attended church and it was a really weird weekend. And um, we all have those. They, yeah, they felt like, oh, that church wasn't really for us. And um, we're not really sure that that that's really going to be the church that we make it yeah. our home. Well, some friends of theirs went the next week and it was a phenomenal week and it was amazing. And they said, what are you talking about? You said that church was was not really for you. This is an amazing church. So then they came back a third week and luckily the service again was good. And then they made Phew. it their home. Yeah. But maybe if they wouldn't have had that friend that shared that with them, maybe Josh wouldn't be on our team. He wouldn't have met his wife. All those things maybe wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But I think we can't just throw away things and go, well, I know what we need a connect strategy and I know we need a host team and I know we, we need to do it well, but we'll get that eventually. Can you talk about even the importance and maybe some of the urgency around, yeah. you can't just toss this off as a lead or executive pastor, just toss yeah. it off to, to one of the interns or toss it off to somebody. This is an important part to the entire health of your church. It really is. You know,
1: I mean, first of all, you make a great point. There's no throwaway Sundays. So please don't hear what I'm saying to in any way mitigate the importance of doing the best we can with what we've got. That's my definition of excellence. Not comparing it to Life Church or comparing right. it to Elevation or River Valley, but do the very best with what you've got, and 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 do it from a guest-centric point of view. So so sometimes we've been in church too long, and we have little weird things that to a new person. Um, so so that's Sunday. So I am a big advocate of of having a really great life-giving uh, uh, you know guest friendly Sunday doesn't mean we can't do powerful worship doesn't mean we can't pray for people and lay hands on them right but if there are things that we do like that, um, yeah, it's good maybe to explain them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I don't think we can be too pedantic on some of those what does that word mean? Pedantic is is attention to detail okay really nailing down. Um, not leaving anything to chance. If we're on the master's business and he's the God of exquisite excellence, then then we who are created in his in His image have got the potential to do that. Now, sadly, some of our models may not mirror that, and so we just do what our pastor did or what the church that we went to did and they kind of slap stuff together and, you know, it's okay if you've got most of the strings in the guitar, <laughs> you know, and, and exaggerating for emphasis, but in some cases not much. Um so, so there, there's but, – but where this pathway is concerned, where this handoff is concerned, it's, it's, like, it's like this precious um, new potential life in Christ. Um, a good analogy uh, – I know your dad's been talking about protect the children. Children are vulnerable. A new person that comes in, wide-eyed, we don't know their story, could be tragic, could be painful – most likely is. And so we have the honor and the privilege of looking after them. And and so it's a, it is about the one. It's actually about putting in place the right people in the right with the right understanding about how to build trust with those that many cases have walls up, giving them the information and the and the warmth that they deserve, as, as if Jesus was at the door, handing um, Marge and Trev—I don't, I can't remember their names yeah. now—over uh, to us. Right. And then the, there's a whole other world that says, if we're to make disciples, we train our Connect Group leaders to be the backbone of discipleship. In the life of the church right and uh but that's for another day
0: yeah well we'll have to save that for it you're here quite often so maybe we'll have part two of this conversation Uh, but for those who are interested check out leaderscape michael murphy you're a gift to people and uh i know you love helping build as many churches as possible and you have so many different resources to do that so they can check that out wherever you are but you bring so much to our church and we love every time you're here and Uh, just love that you want to help other churches grow. You want to help other churches to be the best version of yourself. I I, I love the the definition of excellence, right? It's doing the best we can with what we have. Mm -hmm. And I just encourage every church that that is what you do. You help lift that up, you've helped lift it for us. And so until we get to part two, uh, thanks for this conversation today, it's been awesome.
1: Thanks Logan, great to be with you.